Welcome back to The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. The Men's World Cup is over, but now it's time for the women. I'm going to have Women's World Cup episodes all summer long, breaking down all the storylines and all the fun. My name is Peter Roman. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And let's dive right in. Welcome into the world's game. This is my second upload of the day, episode number two of today, because I'm catching up on all of my live reactions to the Women's World Cup. So this episode will be groups A through D, match day number two. If you haven't listened to my match day one recap from either groups A through D or groups E through H, I recommend you go listen to those as well. But this is going to be match day two, and then I will have a match day two recap from groups A through e, groups E through H. My apologies. I will have that probably on Sunday. I'm hoping I can do it on Sunday. So for anyone that's listening to the podcast for the first time, basically I try to go through every single game and at least talk about it for a couple of minutes. And then as the tournament goes on, I'll talk about every game a little bit more in depth, a little bit more in detail. But in the group stages, it's more just about trying to cover a lot of the big storylines and things that happened in different games. So we'll start with group A for match day two. We have a very exciting group A match day number three that I am very much looking forward to. So I'm gonna start with Philippines versus New Zealand. The Philippines won this game one to nothing in what can only be described as a historic result and yeah you you love to see it it was such a magical moment for this philippines team so philippines obviously they're making their world cup debut this was obviously their first world cup win and it had their first world cup goal so it was kind of just the trifecta of like everything you could possibly want from a moment for for this Philippines team. And if you haven't seen the videos, there was like shopping malls in the Philippines that had like watch parties for this game and the people there just absolutely going nuts as they should. And yeah, it's just it means a lot to them. So let's break down the game a little bit here. So Serena Bolden ended up being the goal scorer for the Philippines. She basically rose up in between two New Zealand defenders and headed the ball in. Brilliant display of strength and athleticism from Bolden. New Zealand really did press in this game. They really did try to get the tying goal, and they did, but it was offside. So that, man, it was it was a tough one. The offside was by millimeters, and I mean literally millimeters. Tough one, tough one for New Zealand, and especially now because New Zealand, after the all the great vibes from their opening game, it's just well, all to play for in match day three. But I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for an exciting match day three in group A. I will be trying to channel flip as I get up and watch these games because every game matters going into match day three, and I can't wait for it. So again, congratulations to the Philippines. Just a historic victory. And 
a brilliant moment of this World Cup. When people look back on this Women's World Cup, the Philippines might not be the number one story of the World Cup, but they will be one of the stories people remember. And I hope that's the case for many, many decades to come. All right, on to the next game. The other game was not as exciting. It ended up being a 0-0 tie between Switzerland and Norway. This result makes things fun for match day three, but the game itself wasn't very fun to watch. It was kind of boring, I won't lie. Like, both teams had a couple decent chances to score, but I, I wouldn't call any of them, like, grade A chances to score, you know? Like, and just, I don't know, it just didn't... It didn't have, like, the same kind of energy that you were hoping for in a World Cup game. It just felt like a game that neither team really wanted to lose, you know? The story from this game, though, was before the match. So, and it all came from Norway. So, Norway's, in my opinion anyway, Norway's best player in match day one in the opening game against New Zealand, Caroline Graham Hansen, she was benched. Do you want to know why she was benched? I do too. Like, I have no idea what went through the Norwegian coach's mind, but the performance in match day one clearly did not cross her mind when making that decision. Graham Hansen was benched. She came on in the second half, but like, you know, like, why wasn't she playing the whole game? She actually played pretty well when she came on. I don't know. And then the other story was Ada Hagerberg. So Hagerberg ended up leaving this game minutes before it started. Like, she walked off and had to basically be emergency substituted. They're saying it's an injury? They were saying she got hurt? But I've never... Okay, players get hurt in the warm-up sometimes. Like, I, I've seen that happen lots of times, having watched pro soccer, you know, for most of my life. I have never seen a player walk off the field literally like a minute before kickoff. I don't know, like, if there's more to speculate in this situation. Maybe it really was an injury. Like, I don't know, but it was weird. It was weird, and you can't convince me otherwise. I This was weird. And, yeah, Norway ended up not scoring goals again. So I have no idea what's going on with this Norway team. But if I'm the Philippines, I got to feel real good about pulling off another upset, just being 100% honest. So here's the situation going into match day three, as I've talked about here a little bit. So New Zealand plays Switzerland. It's basically win or go home. New Zealand need the win more than the Swiss do, because the Swiss, for Switzerland, a tie will get them in. A tie for the Swiss gets them through the next round. A loss eliminates them, though. So they need to either win or tie against New Zealand. New Zealand have to win. Otherwise, the hosts are getting knocked out. There's no easy way to say that. It's just they're going home if they don't get a win. The other game is Norway and the Philippines. Now, Norway's tie keeps them alive, so they're at least, you know, still in this. Norway need to win, and then they need to hope New Zealand and Switzerland don't tie each other. Because if that's the case, then it'll come down to you know, head-to-head -head and goal scored and goal difference and all those things, all those tiebreakers that, you know, there's a lot of permutations in play that we just, you know, we won't know until we're closer to the end of the match kind of thing. But Norway will need to win against the Philippines. Anything less knocks them out. 
So I guess for New Zealand, they could get in if they drew, but then Norway won, and it sort of worked out kind of weird. That's possible, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. And then for the Philippines, a tie probably gets them in. A win definitely gets them. So every team is still alive. And I'm very excited. It's going to be really fun because there tends to be a lot of drama in the third match day of World Cup games. And Group A is, you know, drama in capital letters, literally. So very excited for that. And that's all I got for Group A. So we're moving on to Group B. So Group B, I'm going to start with Canada versus the Republic of Ireland. Canada won this game. Thank goodness. Man, that was frustrating to watch. So this game was really just a tale of two halves. So in the first half, Ireland played really well, and Canada really sucked. And Katie McCabe scored a really nice Olympico goal. Olympico goal is when you score straight from the corner kick. And Ireland were leading this game one to nothing, and they deserved to be leading the game. Canada, in the first half, because Ireland set up a really low block, so that just means they're really defensive, so they have a lot of people behind the ball playing defensive football. Canada's strategy to beat that in the first half was a long ball over the top. Now, long balls over the top can work to beat that kind of defense if you have the players to make those passes. Canada, I don't think they completed a single one of those passes in the first half. It was just going nowhere. And so Bev Priestman, correctly I should add, clearly changed their strategy at halftime because Canada played so much better in the second half. Fortunately for Canada, they were able to get a goal at the end of the first half. Grosso basically shot a ball in and it ended up getting deflected into the net by Megan Connolly of Ireland. So Canada got a very lucky break, but it, and it ended up, you know, giving them a good situation. They were 1-1 going into halftime. And then in the second half, Canada actually came out and played well. They were a lot more aggressive. They were a lot better at passing. And more than anything they embraced a lot more off-ball movement to break down the Irish defense, and it worked a lot. They should have actually scored more than the one goal they did, but the goal they did was a nice goal. Sophie Schmidt, who came on and was brilliant for Canada, she put in a great ball in behind the defense, and then it was Adriana Leon who tapped it in for Canada to put them ahead 2-1, to one, and they would hold on to that lead to get their big victory that they absolutely needed in this game. For the Republic of Ireland, because of the result in the other game, which I'm going to talk about here in a second, Ireland are the first team, sorry, uh, we're the first team, I should say, eliminated from the Women's World Cup. Obviously, it sucks being the first team eliminated. However, I think Ireland should be proud of their performance because they were, you know, making their debut at a World Cup and they were very competitive against both Australia and Canada. Didn't get the results they needed, but it was always going to be tough for them in this group. So Ireland's eliminated, but they should keep their head held high. And of course, they have a chance to finish on a high note if they can get a result against Nigeria. But about the Nigerians. So we're getting into the second game. Nigeria and Australia. Probably the game of the tournament so far. Probably. Nigeria won this game 3-2 to two and delivered a shocking upset of the hosts. 
Australia ended up taking the lead in this game thanks to Van Egmond scoring at the end of the first half. But Nigeria struck back almost immediately getting a goal from Kanu and that set the tone for the second half because Nigeria kind of sucked the life out of the crowd and sucked the life out of this Australian team. It was all... And again, I apologize. I really apologize if I butcher names. Ohale scored the second goal for Nigeria and then it was Oshwala scoring the third goal for Nigeria to put them up 3-1 to one in the second half. The third goal was like really terrible defending by both the Australian defense and their goalkeeper, Arnold. Not great for them. Yeah, not great for them. Not a good moment. Oshwala, by the way, became the first African player to score at three different World Cups, so congratulations to her. And Nigeria had a 3-1 lead. Australia were able to get one back late in the game, thanks to Kennedy, but it was too little too late. Nigeria win 3-2, and now Nigeria. You know, not a lot of people would have seen this coming, but Nigeria find themselves in the driver's seat here in Group B. So, here's how it looks going into match day three. Nigeria plays the Republic of Ireland. As I mentioned, the Republic of Ireland are probably just playing for pride at this point. Nigeria... With a tie, they go through automatically. If they lose, it'll depend on the other result. And if they win, they're probably going through in first in this group. So Nigeria, 100% in the driver's seat. They control, like, more of... They control their own destiny way more than anyone else does. So, huge credit to Nigeria for putting themselves in this position. But now, of course, you have to get the job done. You have one more game to go. Ireland aren't as good as Canada. They aren't as good as Australia. So, this is a game that if you're able to get a win, you, you're probably going through in first. And that is unbelievable for this Nigerian team. And I want to remind you that this Nigerian team is playing under, you know, protest because the Nigerian Federation was, you know, is planning to withhold their funds planning to withhold their wages from these games, which is first insane and like crazy stupid, but also like the fact that Nigeria is doing this despite all the crap they have to deal with from their federation. I mean, they deserve a standing ovation. Bravo to Nigeria. Well done. You are one of the best stories of the World Cup so far. Bravo. And then the other game. All right, here we go. I'm about to get, like, real passionate here. So, this is what I was afraid of. As a Canadian, this is what I was afraid of. I didn't want Canada to go into this final game against Australia needing to win, or at least needing to, like, not lose. That's the case. So, here's the situation. Canada-Australia, probably one of the games to watch in match day three, because there's a very, very good chance that one of these countries is going home. And for whoever that might be, if Australia goes home in the group stage, that is a massive failure. If Canada goes home in the group stage, that is also a massive failure. So, yeah, I'm nervous. Of course I'm nervous. Why wouldn't I be nervous? This is, oh man, this is not what I wanted. I wanted both, I wanted Canada to be in a spot where they didn't have to worry about this game. But now they really have to worry about this game. 
Australia will be fighting for their life. Australia have to win. They cannot draw, and they, well, a draw probably not, because they would need a lot of help from Ireland, but they cannot lose. They probably can't afford to tie, so they need to come out and win, and Canada can't afford to lose. Australia's going to have the home crowd behind them. Sam Kerr might be back. I won't lie to you. I'm a little bit scared because Canada has been impressive for 45 minutes out of the, you know, out of the like 120 they've played so far. That's kind of it. Or not the 120. Sorry. I guess it would be 135 because for three halves of the World Cup so far, Canada has not played that well. But for one of the halves, they did. And thankfully, it was the most recent one. So I'm hoping they can carry that over. But, man, I, I was hoping that things would be done and dusted. They're not. They are very much alive. And Canada is not exactly in a great position right now. So, fortunately, they can get through with a tie. Unfortunately, it won't be easy. So you better believe that when I get up at 4 in the morning to watch Canada-Australia, I will be nervous. I will be exhausted and tired, but I will be nervous. On to Group C. Okay, Group C I'm not going to waste too much time on, and that's just because the results went exactly as I think we thought they would, and there's just not a lot of interesting stories coming, coming out of Group C. So, Spain won 5-0 against Zambia. Zambia has lost both games 5-0 to both Japan and Spain. So, yeah, 10-0 combined in the two games... I can't say that's totally unexpected, but it still sucks. Like, I was kind of hoping Zambia would put up a better fight in at least one of the games, but they didn't, and they basically got destroyed twice. Japan only won 2-0 against Costa Rica, so hashtag progress? Maybe not, but Japan, to me, never looked... They never looked threatened in this game. They were always pretty comfortably ahead. So, yeah... So Costa Rica and Zambia are both eliminated, and Japan and Spain are through to the round of 16. So Japan and Spain became the first two teams to advance from a group. Group C is the first group of the tournament that is done and dusted, because the only thing left to be decided is first place. And first place will play group A, like first and second will play the first and second of group A. So if you forget, that's the Switzerland, Norway, Philippines, New Zealand group. They're all having to fight for their life. Spain and Japan will fight for first. Obviously, that does mean something. So Spain and Japan will be at least, you know, a game to watch in match day three. But for both of these countries, they know that ultimately they're both going through, which is number one, more important. And number two, even if you don't end up in first, you know, there's a saying in sports where it's like in order to be the best, you have to beat the best. Reg Regardless of whether or not you go into first or you go into second, you're going to have to beat the best teams eventually. So, I don't know if that makes that much of a difference, personally. But, Japan won comfortably, Spain won comfortably, Costa Rica and Zambia will play each other in the final game with a chance to keep their head held high and maybe come away with a victory at the World Cup, but ultimately their tournaments are done uh, as far as like the results stuff goes. So that's the end of Group C. Again, I, I don't really want to talk about it that much because it's just not that interesting from a storyline perspective. Group B, Group A, a lot more interesting. And then Group D. So 
Group D, we had England versus Denmark, which I will start with. England won this game one to nothing. Lauren James scored a brilliant goal, like just a screamer. Brilliant shot from long range into the corner. And that was enough for England, who have won now twice, one to nothing. They were better in this game, a lot better than they were against Haiti. Haiti gave them some real problems in the first game. England, I felt, were a lot better in this game against Denmark, but still not the same England team that won the Euros. And obviously a lot of that's because of the injuries. But again, England, there's just there's something about them that they're, they seem off to me. They don't seem as dominant as they should be. But they've gotten the results they need. So England, they have six points. And their final game is against China. You know, England have more or less done the job as far as, you know, getting the results they need to advance to the knockout stage. The other game in this group was China versus Haiti. China won this game. But it was definitely not without controversy. So let's break down this game. So we had a red card earlier in the game where Shang Ri... Again, I apologize if I butcher names. Shang Ryu... Um, went in, basically studs up into the Haitian player's knee, rightfully got sent off, absolutely the correct decision. VAR told the ref to go look at it, and she came to the right call. So China won this game with 10 players, which is pretty good. They got their only goal of the game on a penalty kick. Basically, eventually, like the play was initially called offside, but it was determined later that it wasn't offside, and there was a trip in the box after, so... That led to the penalty for China, and it was um, Wang Shuan. Again, I apologize. Wang Xuan, who scored the penalty kick for China to put them in the lead. So that's good. And then there was late in the game. So late in this game, Katie had an incident in the box, one that I felt personally, when I watched it, should have been a penalty kick. There was a collision, and there was contact. There wasn't really an attempt at the ball, in my opinion, from the Chinese player. And it should have been a penalty kick. VAR actually correctly, in my opinion, told the head referee to go look at it on the monitor. The referee went over to the monitor, made the decision. She said, no penalty kick. In my opinion, that was the wrong decision. I think, by the way, just this quick side note, I think the officiating has actually been pretty decent in the Women's World Cup so far. Obviously, I don't agree with every single call, but I don't think there's been any, like, ridiculously awful, like, officiate, officiating going on in these games. At least not yet. Um, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that it stays that way. This was probably the worst decision, I think, of of the World Cup so far. And I don't think it was, like, egregiously bad, but I just... I don't know what she was thinking in not calling this a penalty kick. To me, like, you know, not like a reckless play or anything, but just it seemed like a common foul in the box. And, like, in my opinion, it should have been a penalty kick. But Haiti will feel hard done by, of course, because now with zero points, it is going to be really hard for them going into the final game because in order for Haiti to advance, they need to, number one, they have to beat Denmark. That's a non-starter. So they have to win against Denmark, and then they have to hope England beats China. And then they have to hope that they win out on goal difference. I don't know how likely that is. Not impossible, I should add. Not impossible. But it doesn't seem that likely 
So Haiti's definitely in a tough spot going into the final match day. For Denmark, they basically just have to better China's result. So if China draw with England, then Denmark need to draw with Haiti, and then Denmark would go through. If China beat England, then Denmark would need to beat Haiti. And that would create a three-way tie, which would be kind of complicated. But that's kind of the situation. So Denmark definitely a little more in control, I think, of their own destiny. For China, obviously, playing England is going to be really tough. But England have also looked very vulnerable. So don't totally rule out an upset for the Chinese in this final game. Either way, each team is still alive at least a little bit. So should be an exciting final day in Group D. And that's it. That's all I got. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of the day. My double upload is complete. I will try to have another episode out on Sunday. And if not, it'll be probably after the first games of match day three. But after the group stages are done, I will have a full recap episode going over what happened in the group stages and previewing the round of 16. Because of course, in the World Cup, the knockout stage, that's where the fun begins. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. The music is from Pixabay. There will be new episodes throughout the Women's World Cup, so make sure you subscribe and don't miss a moment of the 2023 World Cup.